Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Welcome to On The Rock, God's unchanging word for changing times with Dr. Camille Majdali, Director of Teach All Nations Melbourne, Australia. Dr. Camille lived and studied in the Middle East, served as a principal of a leading Bible college and now travels the world teaching God's word. He has an extraordinary knowledge of the Bible and a dynamic ability to make God's truth come alive in a real, practical way. This episode of On The Rock will give you keys to survive and succeed in the days ahead by hearing and doing the words of Jesus. How does Jesus respond to the tragic death of John the Baptist? He feeds the multitudes. We're going to learn about this and more as we continue to walk through the Gospel of Matthew. Our series is entitled, The Kingly Messiah. Understanding the Gospel of Matthew, Part 1, a verse-by-verse audio commentary, part of the larger Understanding the Bible series. We fervently believe that in order to be future-ready, we not only need to know God's Word, but also put it into practice. That's what this series and similar series from similar ministries are all about, helping feed you a wonderful diet of God's Word, because this bread that you eat will cause you to live forever. Our lesson today is called The Feeding of the 5,000, based on Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 to 22. And in it, this will be Jesus' response to the death of John. Even though he tries to get away from it all, he really can't get away from it all. He's in revival mode. And one thing about revival mode is that God is working overtime to touch the lives of people. And when that happens, don't expect to get a lot of sleep or to sleep in on weekends. It doesn't work like that. Jesus, in revival mode, is going to experience so much demand on him, and his time is not his own. So we'll see how he handles it all, but let's take a look at the very first verse or two of our segment today from Matthew fourteen thirteen to 22 which reads, when Jesus heard of it, meaning the death of John the Baptist, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And when Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. Well, that's the Savior we serve. He is moved with compassion. He sees where people are at, He feels their pain. He then addresses it. That's part of the reason God sent his son to this planet. So he could walk as we walk. He could be tempted as we tempted. He could sweat under the same sun that we do. He can breathe the same air, gets and experiences all the things that we experience because, after all, he can identify with us. Talk about empathy. He does it to the nth degree. And he also, by putting on flesh and dwelling among us, the incarnation, God in the flesh, he also is able to be our role model to show how he overcame temptation and we can do likewise. I know for some, this idea of God putting on flesh may seem strange or even wrong, but actually remember a couple of things. First of all, heathen religions make gods into flesh. It's it's very normal. Basically, their gods are like people, except more so. But there's something else. 
when you read the Bible and see that the God of the Bible is capable of doing anything, and when you read the Bible and see that the God of the Bible, who says he's the only God there is, there's nobody else, that he is sovereign, he is the boss, he's the ruler and creator, then he can write the rules and he has the power to fulfill them. So if he wants to create the world in a certain amount of time, if he wants to have a universal flood, if he wants a recalcitrant prophet like Jonah in the belly of the great fish for three days and three nights, nothing is impossible for him. If he wants to raise the dead, he can do it. Nothing is impossible. So if he wants to put on flesh and dwell among us, that is his sovereign prerogative, and his omnipotence makes it all possible. So Jesus is moved with compassion. He feeds the multitude, as we're about to see. It's mealtime. And we're going to learn that God doesn't just care about the spiritual side of us. He also cares about the physical side. Because whatever you see Jesus do, that's what God would also do. In another sense, Jesus is practicing hospitality, a very Asian thing and very renowned in the Middle East in particular. They do it to the point of opulence and at times even excess. But it's unforgettable. Now, his disciples are incredulous when Jesus says, okay, you guys, you can feed these people. Are you kidding? We only have five loaves and two fish, and you've got thousands of people here. So Jesus just says, listen to me, and you're going to see a miracle in the making. And sure enough, they did what he said, and there was so much food that there were even leftovers. Now, this crowd was hungry, but not only did they all get fed, they were fed to the full And they picked up from the whole experience 12 baskets left over. 5,000 people, not counting women and children. The one miracle that is said or written of in all four Gospels. Let's read the entire segment now of Matthew 14, 13 to 22. Our lesson is called Feeding of the 5,000, and the reference is Matthew 14, 13 to 22. Let's listen carefully to God's word. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him, saying, This is a desert place. And the time is now past. Send the multitude away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking up to heaven. He blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up of the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men besides women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitude away. Our reading is from Matthew 14, verses 13 to 22, and our lesson is called The Feeding of the 5,000. 
Well, first of all, Jesus teaches us something. Life goes on, and we have to move on. As we learned in the previous lesson, John the Baptist was executed by Herod Antipas. His only crime was telling the wicked Tetrarch that his marriage was unlawful to Herodias, who was not only his sister-in-law, but very possibly his niece as well, making it both adulterous and incestuous. When Jesus heard the news of John, he made a decision to leave from where he was. Now, he travels by ship to what is called a desert place alone. We're not sure exactly where that is, but it's somewhere either on the northwestern or northern shore of the Lake of Galilee, probably. Unlikely to be the eastern shore and definitely not the southern. So when people heard where Jesus had gone, instead of waiting patiently for him to return to the same place, they go and follow him from near and far. Now, it's interesting because the disciples follow Jesus, and they are commended, and they get to have private briefings on the meanings of the parables. They are empowered to do miracles, and they are blessed in so many ways. Here are the multitudes. They're following Jesus too. And yes, they will be rewarded for following Jesus because he will heal their sick. But at some point, they stop following Jesus because they're following Jesus to have immediate needs met. Once those needs are met, the distractions and seductions of this world will take them elsewhere. But with the disciples of Jesus, they were responding to a specific call, and they stayed faithful to that call, with the notable exception of Judas Iscariot. And of course, God mightily used them, and they're greatly honored till now. So the thing is, there are people who follow Jesus, and there are people who really follow Jesus. And our purpose is to help you really follow Jesus. Because after all, if you're going to be ready for the future, you need to be on the rock. And to be on the rock, you have to hear and do the words of Jesus. And hearing and doing the words of Jesus is very much part and parcel of what it means to follow Jesus. And so let's bear that in mind. They follow Jesus. And according to Hebrews eleven six, the multitudes were rewarded because at this juncture, they diligently sought him. God rewards those who diligently seek him. So diligently seeking is not something you do on special occasions when you have an emergency need. No, diligently seeking is part of following Jesus, building your life on the rock, bearing fruit in every season, withstanding all of life's storms, and make it safely to the other side. When Jesus heard the news, and he travels to the desert place, the people gather to see him. This would set the scene for one of his most renowned miracles. For we read in Matthew fourteen fourteen, Jesus comes out, he sees a big multitude gathered to him. Now, remember, he's actually traveling in the boat to the desert place to get away from it all. But what he discovers is he really can't get away from it all. His reputation is so attractive and so powerful, and the needs are so great. And these are people lacking leadership, lacking sound leadership. I mean, they had Herod as their tetrarch. Does that need any further explanation? They had Rome as their occupiers. Does that need any further explanation? No, they needed wise leadership, godly leadership, servant leadership. They needed 
an encounter with the Almighty. Jesus, unlike any of these other leaders, provides it all. And he is moved with compassion, and he took the time to pray for these people and heal their sick. Well, that's wonderful. Their sick were healed, but now it's dinner time, and they're not near any fast food place. In fact, they're not near any place. They have to go some distance to villages to find food. In one sense, it's like going out on a limb and finding it's a long way back to the main tree. So the mealtime, verse 15, the evening has arrived. The disciples say to Jesus, this is a desert place. It's now time past. Send these people away, this crowd, so they can go to the villages and buy something for themselves to eat. But Jesus, being a good man from the Middle East, wants to show hospitality. In Matthew fourteen sixteen. he gives an astonishing answer to his disciples. The multitudes do not need to depart. You can feed them. They are incredulous. How are we, say the disciples of Jesus, going to feed these people? There are thousands of them. And we only have two fish and five loaves of bread. With man, of course, it is ludicrous, preposterous, and downright impossible. But never forget, with God, all things are possible. So Jesus then tells them, bring them here to me. Verse 18 of Matthew 14. The ministry continues. First of all, there's the ministry of praying for the sick. Now there's going to be an important ministry, feeding people. It's interesting how many churches actually have meals together after Sunday service or throughout the week. Mealtime is wonderful. It doesn't just nourish the body. But when you're doing it with God's people, the fellowship also builds up the soul. It's a great thing and hardly, hardly recommended. So what we've got is now a miracle in the making. The fish are brought to Jesus as well as the five loaves. And first of all, in Matthew fourteen nineteen, there is the organizational side. Look, it is important that every ministry and every individual serving God be organized because ministry can be hindered if you're not organized. There are people who have anointed ministries, but those ministries were held back due to poor organization, either personally or in the church or both. And while we don't want to make organization everything and quench the Holy Spirit, At the same time, we need both. We need the Holy Spirit above all, but we also need to have organization. And Jesus shows that. What does he do? He commands the multitudes be organized. They sit on the grass and they sit in a certain order. Because if you don't have order, especially with this amount of people, you have chaos. Then he took the five loaves and two fishes. He looked up to heaven And he blessed. Now, we normally think that he blessed the food. And very possibly he did. But I also understand it's a Hebraic thing that when you have food before you, you don't just bless the food. You bless the Almighty who provided the food. Something we should always bear in mind. Bless God at all times, and especially mealtime. So after blessing, Jesus broke the bread handed the loaves to the disciples, and the disciples 
handed the loaves to the people. This is a remarkable movie. Now, if you ever watched a movie on this miracle, I think the one movie I saw, there was a basket. Jesus threw everything in the basket, and then he hands the basket to the disciples, and there was plenty of fish and the like. You never saw them brimming over the top or overflowing, but it was almost like a bottomless basket. Now, it may or may not have happened that way, but we do know it happened. We believe Matthew was an eyewitness to this miracle. We believe that John, who wrote the Gospel of John, he was an eyewitness to this miracle. These are men of righteousness and integrity. They're not going to be telling a fairy tale here. They're not hallucinating. This actually happened. 5,000 men were fed with five loaves and two fish, simply because after it was blessed and broken, it multiplied. That's kind of how our lives are, too. God blesses us. Then we're tried in the fire. We have tribulations. We have suffering. We have things like that. None of this is supposed to destroy us. It's supposed to multiply our impact. When the alabaster box, which was very costly, was broken, then out came precious ointment to anoint the body of Jesus. This is how it seems to work. Out of brokenness comes multiplication and power. So they were all filled to the full that the leftover fragments were 12 baskets. And the recipients of this miracle, Matthew fourteen twenty one, the only miracle, as I said earlier, mentioned in all four Gospels, were 5,000 men, not counting the women and the children. And going to the other side, verse 22, after the bread of life gave the multitudes the bread of heaven, Jesus sent them away. And at the same time, he sends the disciples in a boat to go ahead of him to the other side. This is called stepping out of the comfort zone. And when you do so, the adventures really begin. Now, our lesson is called the feeding of the 5,000. What is our lesson for life? God not only cares for our souls, he ministers to our body and mind as well. Remember to visit us at our Facebook page, Teach All Nations Education, and thank you for liking our page. You can also go to our homepage to subscribe to the free monthly Issachar Teaching e-letter. We want to prepare you for the future with articles from the Bible, Victorious Christian Living, and current events in the light of God's Word. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for this great miracle in the death of John the Baptist. Multitudes came, multitudes were fed. We thank you, you care for our bodies, minds, souls, and spirits. Help us to take care of all these things, for our bodies truly are the temple of the Holy Spirit. Let us not abuse, misuse, or do silly things with our body, but honor you with body and with spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Today's On The Rock was brought to you by Teach All Nations. If you would like more information about this ministry, to download podcasts, view our online store, attend special events, sign up for our teaching newsletter, make a donation to support this ministry, or to invite Dr. Camille to speak, log on to www.tan.org.au or write to us at Post Office Box 493, Mount Waverley 3149. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.